The problem with content businesses is that for so long, we just create, create, create. And, and there's this, this word that I hate that we use in blogging called monetize. And it's like monetize just means you didn't think about how you were going to make money when you started this thing. It means you now have this thing <laughs> yeah, that makes no money yeah. and you need to figure out how to somehow make money or you can't keep doing it. You know what I mean? And so all that shows yep. is that you didn't yep. actually start a business. You started some sort of audience growing hobby that you now want to try to make some money from. Hey there, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. The journey from freelancing to running your own agency comes with its own unique set of challenges. Challenges that Clay and I have both faced while building our own successful businesses. And on this show, we sit down with freelancers and agency builders like you for value-packed on-air coaching sessions with one focus. Taking your business from freelance to founder. We'd love to have you join us on the air for an upcoming episode. To learn how to get your free coaching sessions like the guests you hear on our show, visit FreelanceToFounder.com and click on the microphone icon. We are here and ready to help you take action in your business. On this week's episode, we have a heart-to-heart chat with Rodney Little, a UX UI designer who wants to build an audience-first business. Rodney lives in Colorado, USA, and he's noticed there may be a gap in tourism offerings where he lives, a gap he might be able to fill with a helpful new website. But Rodney has been kicking this idea around in his mind for a whopping five years. So in this episode, Clay and I call him out. We dive into what's been holding him up and what it's really going to look like to build an audience-first business. It's a very personal conversation for me, since my business relies on an engaged audience, that's you, and I share some of my most helpful advice for anyone wanting to start a blog, a podcast, or something similar. And speaking of monetizing an audience, before we can dive into that conversation, I appreciate you sticking with us through this quick break from our sponsors. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this.
Well, as always, I'm excited to be on the air today with our guest, uh, Rodney Little. He's building a UX UI design business. We're excited to chat with him today. Welcome to the show, Rodney. Thank you. Glad to be here. Also, What's up, Rodney? Hey, on the air, there he is, is Clay Mosley from Dripify. Thank you for joining us today again. Clay, always a pleasure. Always fun. Always fun. We like to start off these episodes just by learning a little bit more about your business, Rodney. Uh, mm-hmm. You're building a UX UI business, yep. freelancing primarily. Tell us kind of what your workday looks like, what kind of work you're doing, and where you're at with your business right now. Sure. Uh, so this is uh, it's my side gig, I guess you could say my my ever never ending side gig. Love those. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's one reason I <laughs> am glad to be here because I've been a fan of the show for years. I've done uh, freelance web design, web development over the years, and I've been trying to focus more so on UX and UI issues. And just really quickly for the for the small fraction of people who maybe don't know what UX and UI stand for, mm-hmm. what's a quick description? Sure. UX is user experience and UI is user interface. Uh, so in the, put it in more simple terms, uh, UX is kind of the over uh, overarching strategy of how to make services more user-friendly uh, for users. And the user interface is when you're actually creating things in a browser um, or in an application, I should say, what, what are they interacting with uh, in that software? Oh, that's cool. So, so like, so just for further clarification, are we talking about just software? Are we talk about websites or both? Yeah, I kind of focus on both because I've done some work uh, creating um, applications for mobile devices as well, uh, and have used some technologies where I can use web technologies to create those applications for um, Android, iOS. Um, so I try not to pigeonhole it just into web, even though that's the largest portion of work that I do. But mm-hmm. it can be applied, cool. and the principles apply across the board, even beyond just web and uh, and software. And tell us why you said it was a never-ending side gig, or or how long have you been doing it as a side <laughs> hustle? And sure. is there a long-term strategy to the business, or is it mm-hmm. going to stay a side hustle? Yeah, I say never-ending side gig because I've I've done freelance work um, under this company name since the late nineties, um, and several times I tried to make it my full time. Uh, full-time endeavor, uh, but just ran into some, you know, realities of, you know, you, you need to be more methodical in how you how you reach out to potential clients, uh, bringing in steady, uh, steady clients and steady income. Uh, so that's another reason why I really enjoyed Mellow, because that's some of the issues that I had always never cleared those hurdles. Ah, so yeah. long-term, mm, mm-hmm. yeah, I do have some ideas uh, for like a service-based approach uh, to do long-term. Uh, but I still do enjoy doing the freelance work because it's it's always nice helping people identify problems and helping them to properly categorize which problems should be solved at which time. Uh, so I I don't think I ever want to give up 100% doing freelance work, but I do have some ideas for the future. Uh, so this is the 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 your you know, side gig. Do you have like a the, a full time gig mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. So I'm actually a senior user experience designer uh, for. Uh, a major cable and internet provider. I've been doing uh, UX design for the last five years. Um, oh, cool. Kind of was able to move out of uh, kind of hybrid designer developer roles that I had been in most of my career and have shifted more to full-time UX work the past five years. Cool. So you're in the same realm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. I just know that's like super common, right? Like 
for people who work side gigs that their 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 full time you know quote unquote day job is is completely different than what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And as most listeners know, if you're new to the show, maybe you don't know this, but as many listeners know, we do send you a questionnaire before we chat with you to learn a little bit more about your business. And one of the questions we ask is to rank yourself on this freelancer to founder scale. Freelancer being one, founder being ten. You ranked yourself on the freelance currently on the freelancer to founder scale at a at a one. So you mm-hmm. you identify as a complete freelancer. Can you tell us why you self identified mm-hmm. that way? Yeah, uh, currently in 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 my business, Blackjack Productions, it's just myself. My wife does help me with uh, with some things as well, uh, but for the most part, it's it's me doing the actual work. Um, and I've been looking to improve things I have have to put in place to make uh what make way for more automation in whether it's processes um, or collaborating with other other creatives so that it doesn't have to be me doing everything so if i'm yeah. not available the work can continue so i'm i'm still definitely not on the uh not on that not on that pathway yet but you did say that in the next 6 to 12 months you'd like to be more on that path you ranked yourself at a an aspiration of a 5 in the next 6 to 12 months which is a nice leap for a 6 to 12 month time period you know going from completely working just for yourself by yourself to then maybe having a small team some systems in place to to begin to scale that's i think a, a healthier and reasonable goal and some of the reasons i put that as a 5 is i I spent the last year kind of reviewing things that I had tried in the past, you know, whether you're trying to build teams uh, of other creatives, uh, trying to put things in, in place and saw where maybe there were some deficiencies in either the planning or the execution or communication of, of that initial attempt at building a team. Um, and so moving forward, uh, focusing on like that, so that service-based uh, business, I think there's some opportunities there, but from a pre- freelance pers- perspective, that's where I kind of, for me personally, an experience I've seen in the past, um, building the team and and what is what is the overall goal? I mean, there's a lot of other uh, remote teams that have been in the business for a long time. They're very mature, um, and while I could put effort back into that building that team to you know be active in, in helping people solve their design problems, uh, as a freelance, you know, agency, like a remote, um, agency, if you will, I, I think I see a better opportunity to create a service that you can still work with those creatives, but it's, it's more of a focused effort, um, that I think I would be better at, at doing. So that's kind of why I put that at a five. For oh, I like future that. Aspirations. So what would be a dream scenario in, in six, 12 months? What would your business look like in a nutshell? So in six months, 12 months down the line, I would like to see my business looking like a, uh, a publisher or, or a, produ- a provider of, of a service that I'm trying to plan out for, for tourism. And so one of the services I've always had in the back of my mind was um, to highlight the local uh, tourist areas, I don't want to say tourist attractions, that would be appealing to people from other countries. I lived abroad uh, in Japan for, for years, and I, I noticed that there was very little information for tourists from Japan, or not just Japan, other countries to come to Colorado, you know, my home state. Uh, and if they did come to Colorado, it's like you would see we went to Colorado, we went to Denver, and that's it. Not that there's anything wrong with just going to Denver. 
or going to other parts of the U.S. But there's so many nice things here in Colorado that I've really appreciated since I came back here about nine years ago. So kind of thinking of a service along those lines to be beneficial for local industry and uh, uh, businesses here in Colorado, but then also beneficial for uh, the tourist industry abroad. Hmm. I have to admit, I did not see that answer coming. I know you mentioned this on your on your survey. <laughs> Same. But I, I'm trying to connect the dots. Maybe you can help us connect the dots, Rodney, between where you're at now as a freelancer doing UX and UI work to this this business idea that seems to me not really related at all. Not that it's necessarily a bad idea, uh, but I just I'm wondering if you can help us connect the dots a little sure. bit between the two. Yep. So over the years of helping people create websites and web applications. And as I moved out of the developer role into more of a strategic user experience, you know, service design strategy type of role, helping them to identify problems that they had in whatever service or website they were trying to launch. Uh, so helping them to identify their end customer and then helping them to put together a, a website or a web application that would meet the needs that they have. So you're saying you'll essentially take those skills uh, that you've developed and build your own website then that offers, you know, like you've said, tourism opportunities and that kind of thing. Yes. And that's where I kind of, when I revisited this idea, I recognized that I hadn't done some of those things I was helping my my clients with. Um, Well, that's that's what I was trying to identify was like, can, you know, if this really is the goal in six to 12 months, can, you know, what's the path that we can talk about on the show between your current freelancing and, and the tourism site? Do you feel like that? Do you feel like that's a six, six to 12 month sort of ambition that you have, or is that a long term? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think six to 12 months, even though I wanted to move towards doing some more of those things, uh, Getting the actual service launch in six, 12 months isn't actually probably something that would be possible. So I just want to, I just want to get some clarification too, because like, it sounds to me, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds to me, you, you don't really want to grow your UI UX business that much. You want, you, you want to more uh, like change your focus to this other business. Is that correct? I'll say I am not trying to make that be, say, 80% of what I'm doing. I'm hoping to make the UX UI be maybe 40% of what I'm doing and then 60% for the, you know, the, the service, uh, uh, the tourism focus. Okay. It's starting okay. to make a little more sense. Yeah. Thanks for helping. Thanks for helping me to think and, uh, think out loud. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's, that's what the show is about. Like sometimes we haven't thought through all the little details mm-hmm. of what it takes to to run a business as opposed to be mm-hmm. a freelancer. What I, yeah, what yeah. I'm seeing, what I guess what my big question is, is I, I see now how being a, a UX UI designer fits into this tourism idea. What I'm, what I'm a little concerned about, if I can just be completely frank and honest with you, Rodney yeah. is uh, it mm-hmm. feels like the UX UI experience only applies to the first portion of the business. Like what, maybe, let me ask this question and maybe that'll illustrate what I'm trying to get at. What do you see as the business model of the tourism website? Mm -hmm. Good, good point. So I think for the tourism website, what I see as the basic business model is, and I I don't want to say it's like a Yelp-like service, but uh, basically a, 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 a guidebook which 
which highlights uh, different 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 activities that tourism uh, tourists can enjoy in this state. Here's our recommendations. Yeah. You can okay, I'm, I'm going to pause you there, though, because I, th- I think you're you're explaining what the user will experience, right? Because you're a user mm-hmm. experience guy, and mm-hmm. that's great. However, the business model, the real question is, how are you going to make money from this business, right? Yep. Thank you. <coughs> so kind of I based this off of work I did when I was in Japan. Okay. So I was, I was working for a, an ad agency in Japan that put together a... Uh, a center for multi, they call it the multi-language communication center. And so the business model was to uh, come up with a monthly service that was simple for local businesses to, to partake of almost like an insurance payment, you know, like, or or almost like a subscription. And so this monthly fee that they would pay is kind of what helps the business provide the service. So my idea is that the, the business would offer the service to, uh, local municipalities, you know, for for a monthly fee or maybe a, a yearly fee. Uh, so that's where I see the the monetization of this business on this end. And, and for the for the customers, I'm thinking it would be a free service. So I'm I'm very curious, Rodney. So have you put any feelers out there as far as like um, trying to validate this business idea? Yeah. So I actually had some uh, guests from Japan that came uh, and visited us several years ago, and we took them. Uh, river rafting uh, in in the western slope of Colorado. But let's, so I let's... Wa- <laughs> go ahead, Clay. Sorry, oh, we're going to say the same I, thing. I know we're going to say. The same I, thing. I I want to get yeah. down to the the actual issue. And and you said you've been you've been you had this idea for five years. Like, why has yeah. this idea not happened? And I don't know if that's what you were going to ask, Preston. Mm-hmm. But like, it seems like no, it seems like this has just been an idea for five years. Like, why haven't you actually mm-hmm. acted upon it? Let's get let's like t- let's take a deep dive. And get to the actual no, source question. of why this hasn't happened yet. Yep. So I think one reason is I allowed myself to use the excuse that I have a full time job is one reason. Uh, I think another thing is I've allowed myself to kind of be held back by analysis paralysis. It's like, how much do I need to think about this before I actually put it into action? So I think it definitely it, it is has been on my part of my inaction on my part here's what i was going to say which is uh i think you continue to think about this like a ux ui person Mm -hmm. not like the kind of Mm. person that runs Mm -hmm. a business yeah i agree with that Uh, so i'm i'm looking you know while while you're talking i'm googling and doing some research and for example there's Mm colorado.com so while we're talking Mm -hmm. about colorado tourism there's an entire website commercially created not by the colorado state government where people can come and i'm sure that they're using your exact business model where companies pay to be featured as people search you know they they probably work a lot in in seo so that uh when people search things to do in denver colorado their website comes up and then they they solicit businesses to pay for advertising and featured placement on the website so you have Mm -hmm. very real competition which competition doesn't mean it's it's a bad idea necessarily, but yeah. it, you know, that's a good validator for an idea. But I think yeah, what I'm, yeah, I think yeah. what I'm really understanding, and I say this out of love and I say this out of a desire no, no, to help no you succeed with this idea. But what I'm hearing yeah. over and over again in the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes that we've been talking is you keep mm-hmm. referring to the project as a UX UI project. And so mm-hmm. what the, the business itself is actually not a UX or UI business. The business itself is like mm-hmm, business mm-hmm. development, 
partnering with local companies, uh, working with mm -hmm. tourism companies, working even with the customers, the tourists. It's a content business. Yep. There's mm -hmm. search engine optimization involved. There's social media involved. There's yep. lots of things involved that we mm -hmm. that haven't even like hit our radar in this conversation. And so my big fear is when you say, well, that's a good point. I haven't started it yet because I can't figure out which device it should show up or how, you know, how it's going to show mm -hmm. up on all the devices the right way. Like that's a UX problem. The starting, starting the business would actually be calling up, uh, you know, Colorado waffles, hmm. the store down the street yeah. and saying, Hey, in six months, we're launching a basic version of a site called, you know, visit Colorado.com or whatever. Yeah. Would you be interested in a $50 featured placement for Colorado waffles? Mm -hmm. And then if, mm -hmm. if you get enough sort of positive feedback on that, that's yeah. how that business in my yeah. mind, at least that's how that kind of business starts instead mm -hmm. of how does mm -hmm. it look on each device, which is a UX UI question. Yep. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I completely agree. Point. I'm <clears throat> Preston knows that I'm a big advocate for for validating an idea and like basically trying to pre-sell yes. it. And so like a business, yes. uh, just like just going off of Preston, what Preston said is, uh, I would see if you can actually get someone to to either give you money or say that they're going to give you money. Um, right. And then at that then it's point, a business. yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Then mm -hmm. like, cause like the, the UI, the UX stuff that that's just, mm -hmm. I think that's just, uh, 
one tiny thing at the business, just like what Preston was saying. Yep. Like there's like and, a and it'll come things. and it can get better. Yes. It yep. doesn't have to be perfect out the gate. That makes sense. And one thing that I think too is and this is also why I'm still improving my 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 viewpoint on and I guess you could say scope of different different uh services uh the last two years i've been you know heavily involved in like service design and design thinking in my in my day job and i and clay i appreciate your comment here about me mentioning the uh devices on is is a ux ui matter and not not mm, necessarily that's preston's business. comment <laughs> and w- oh preston, it's all good we're a team one thing i <laughs> one thing i do one thing i do believe is that as a designer we have to be able to zoom in and zoom out to different levels. And so from a service design perspective, uh, getting that data, like you mentioned, and this is where I haven't properly put on the hat of a of a, a business owner to go and do the research on not just the customers, but like you say, the, the potential businesses uh, so that I can understand what uh, how this service should work for the businesses that I'd be approaching to see who would be willing to buy the service. So I appreciate you guys mentioning that. It helps me to yeah. see I need to be more open-minded about things sure thing. and, and you guys comments. I appreciate it. It's helped me to help me to understand that I need to better be able to zoom in on either a particular level of detail for whether it's technology, but then zoom out to different levels that I need to, to be able to see it more holistically from a business perspective. Yeah. Yeah. In but, fact, we talked about this not too long ago with uh, Spencer Blakelock on this show. We did an episode with him where he, you know, he's an animator and he wasn't sure, uh, exactly how to proceed with his business because he wanted to still do a lot of the animation work. He wanted to be involved in the creative side. We had a Mm. nice conversation about how do you, how do you balance being a CEO with or becoming a CEO versus, you know, still being involved in the creative work. And the truth is this business, if you, if you pursue this business, I don't actually see a lot of UX UI work in your future as the person running the business. Now you could potentially hire that out, but but I don't see, like Clay said, this is just a small part of the business. In my mind, the business has a lot more to do with advertising and content, which you may have to hire out to make the business really go. Yeah, I think that's going to be a difficult part for you, uh, Rodney, is like, let's just say like this business idea, like it actually starts running, right? Um, I think that's going to be a, a very difficult thing is like, it's going to be very easy for you to focus on the UI UX um, perspective and, and those features. But I, mm-hmm. I honestly, and again, I say this because I'm, I'm not a UI UX guy. Um, but I honestly think that stuff comes after you actually get quite a bit of traffic on your site. Mm. I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't think it's as important at the beginning when you have virtually yeah. little traffic. Yeah. Um, Preston, you, you need can, a minimum yeah. viable product where you can, that it looks good enough, but not as perfect as your UX UI professional brain wants it to look. You know what I mean? Because then you'll spend the next five years trying to build the perfect thing. And then it could just flop on its face as a business. It'll look yes. great and it'll be easy to use, mm-hmm. but it'll flop mm-hmm. as a business because you didn't ahead of time go figure out who your customer is and what they need. And and by the way, when we say customer, you've said customers and businesses. In this business model, the businesses are your customers. The mm-hmm. visitors mm-hmm. are actually your product, right? You're actually selling eyeballs of those visitors to the businesses who are your customers mm. and they're paying advertising fees. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a classic content model um, where you would be creating a lot of content. Uh, 
you know, ranking hopefully for content in search as people search things to do in Colorado. And then as people show up, the businesses would be paying you for a slice of that attention. Interesting. So that's interesting that you brought. And I, I appreciate you guys' viewpoint. Very cool for me to hear from folks that have actually built businesses and, you know, been successful with that. So I appreciate that. Preston's right. Like, I think it comes down to content. Yep. And I, I do I do appreciate, too, the comment about, like, the Colorado.com website, because that's one thing I had actually evaluated, you know, looking at what's out there right now. It, that's interesting. I think I had been focusing too much on the visitors as the customers when it actually, you know, I need to pivot who my focus is for the customers, actually the businesses or those municipalities. Yeah. Something. Yeah. The business model, right? You make your money. You don't make your money mm-hmm. from your visitors. You make money from people who are mm-hmm. who want to advertise to your visitors. And it's it's hard mm. to do. That's why a content business yeah. is so hard because you have to constantly balance. I mean, I work, my business is all about content. I have to constantly yeah. balance uh, a reader or a listener versus yeah. a sponsor or an advertiser mm, uh, and, and mm-hmm. what, what they each need. Because if you yep. give one, if you give too much attention to either side, then the other side doesn't like mm. you <laughs> very much. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. I would, I, I, you know, I think, I think this, uh, I think you have to, you have to look at this in a couple different ways. Um, one is I, I would almost start small. Um, I would almost like, cause you're in Colorado Springs, right? Yes. So I would almost like start off with, with Colorado Springs and, and see how that goes and like go all in on that. And then if it's like, if it's like super successful, then you kind of, you could, you could expand into a second market, you know, um, and then go from there. And then also something to think about too, because I honestly do think that this, like there, there are, I haven't done the research, but I feel like there is that there's a ton of websites that do what you're wanting to do. Um, I think if you take like a different perspective on something like um then I think it could be really successful like mate like a lot quicker. Yes. Very cool. I mean, thank you. This is this is amazing. That's why I was uh, excited to to join you guys for this coaching session today. <laughs> Good, man. I think if there's anything that I've taken away from this, it's it's mm-hmm. the need to focus on how the business model works, how you're actually going to make revenue, and how that ties into way more than just the UX UI stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you feel like we ought to chat about? Questions that you have? We'd love to uh, chat through like actual action we can take over the next six to 12 months together that you can take action we can follow up with uh, that would actually move you closer to achieving what you want to achieve. Yeah, I'd like to kind of ask uh, you, Preston, like as you were putting together your business model for mm-hmm. Milo, yeah. um, how, how did you make the shift from maybe focusing on, like, like you mentioned for me, focusing on the wrong area to focusing on what you need to do for the actual business model? How did how how difficult was that hurdle for you and what were some things that you took to kind of jumpstart yourself into that process? The year, the first year that I made enough money that I actually called it a side hustle. It was more than, you know, a few hundred or a few thousand bucks. Like I think, I think our first year we made, or my first year that I'm going to refer to here, we made something like $40,000. That year was the year that I decided that, that, that this blog that I had started as an experiment in college was about way more than just writing things. It was, it was about way more than just creating content. It was 
it was actually about making money and being a business. And so the decisions that I made that year were all centered around that. I hired someone to help me contribute content or collect content from contributors. So I didn't have to be writing anymore. I didn't have to be blogging three times a week because that actually wasn't how I made money. I didn't make money from writing. I made money from calling up sponsors and saying, hey, we reach freelancers and we reach solopreneurs and we reach side hustlers. And I noticed that you're trying to reach them too. Maybe we should partner. And here's some sponsorship options that we have. So I offloaded the non-revenue generating work that still had to get done. And then I focused on the revenue generating work. And that's when our big pivot really started. So that's kind of like when you were mentioning doing the Mm pre-sale. Even if you haven't Mm -hmm. got everything all in places you thought you had it, but you you already identified how many folks you had that were interested in in, in, in paying for, you know, these sponsorships. Okay. That makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. There's this, there's mm-hmm. this old school and I'm not a huge Gary Vaynerchuk fan, but, but you know, he does have some gems, I think. And there's this really old video of him. Uh, he's talking about selling sponsorships and he literally cold calls. He picks up the phone. Oh, I remember he calls this. this random like wine company or beer company or something and says, Hey, I'm thinking of starting a beer website. If I started a beer website and I had 5,000 beer enthusiasts coming to my site next month, would you be able to, would you be willing to buy some advertising? And his whole goal was to get people to say yes to that. And if he got enough people to say yes, then he knew he could start a website that in a few months would actually be making some money. The problem with content businesses is that for so long, and I did this too. Now, if I were to do it today, I would do it completely differently. But for so long, we just create, 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 create. And we don't, and, and there's this, this word that I hate that we use in blogging or in content, in podcasts, whatever, called monetize. And it's like, monetize just means you didn't think about how you were going to make money when you started this thing. It means you now have <laughs> this thing that makes no money <laughs> yeah. and you need to figure out how to somehow make money or you can't keep doing it. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, th- yep. so I hate that word because all that shows is that you didn't actually start a business. You started some sort of audience growing hobby that you now want to try to make some money from. And so to build a content business, yes, you're spot on. You start with the businesses that will be actually paying you. You figure out who's willing to pay you money, and then you build a thing that that brings in that money, and you mm-hmm. build systems around that. Yeah, and you can make it better after you know after you start making money. I mean, crap. Uh, totally. I, like I I pre I did that exact same thing. I know what video you're talking about, Preston. Yes. Um, and I did that same thing with Dripify, and except my version was it was like via Facebook messages and emails and text messages. Um, however, yeah. I I got money. And then all of a sudden, I, I was like, oh, okay, I got this money. Now I actually have to create this product. And it took me six months right. to create it. but And it was ugly. I will tell you, it was ugly when I first launched it. <laughs> and But you know what? Like, it, was st- it was still functional. And it's what people wanted. Mm. And, I, and then I made it yep. better over time. And so like, if you were to look at Dripify now versus a year ago, like, it, it looks completely different. And everyone does that, right? They start with a minimum viable product that seems cool at the time, but it's awful a year later or five years later. Everybody does that. That's just how it works because you get feedback from customers and and then you make adjustments so that you continue to make more money. Interesting. And, you know, I think this is also valuable for me to hear because, you know, I've talked to, you know, other colleagues I've worked with in the past who have done freelance work. And there's a thought that I've heard from some of them that focusing to a service-based 
you know, or a product um, is going to be a better way to, you know, bring in consistent income. Uh, but hearing you guys experience it, it's it's kind of forcing me to 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 step back and rethink on, you know, just because you're not having to go out and you know find a new client for you know a website or a web application there's other challenges that we have to consider you know like is this business viable how was it how would you make um income from this business what do you need to do to make that and you know what level of detail do you need to start with so this is something that you know i, I hadn't thought of sufficiently so hearing you guys mention these experiences you've gone through is uh, is invaluable i appreciate well, good. it much Good. I'm, gl- I'm glad it's been helpful. I'd love to know what you think are your next steps in the next three, four, five, six months. What actions are you going to take uh, to move this all forward? I think next steps I'm going to do is actually reach out to some of those potential businesses and, and explain if you know if we had this particular service where we can bring in tourists from here and we are offering you this package where you can be highlighted on you know on in this particular magazine or this particular website would would this would you be willing to pay this much to uh to 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 have these customers notice your services or something along those lines as i heard you guys mention to go ahead and start reaching out to the businesses and get a feel for if this is something they'd actually even be interested in in being a part of yeah and then use that data to start building out what needs to be done to make that happen you know like you say the minimum scale well the the cool thing is is you can literally as soon as you get off this podcast you could do that right now right mm-hmm. you could do right that now. today yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah and we'd love to check back in with you in a in a couple months oh, too definitely and see I how that's that. how that's going maybe hold you mm-hmm. accountable a little bit so that you know yeah, that someone's yeah. going to be checking in on you in a few months yep because uh, yep. i you know i think it can be done audience first businesses are going to take longer they're going to they're going to take a little more upfront work in my experience even when done right and done well and done with money in mind first uh but, but, you know, the best time to start is today if you haven't started already. So I, I think, like Clay said, you can hang up from this call and you can make your first right. two or three calls and, and we can follow up in a few months. Cool. And hopefully you'll have, you know, 20 companies that say, yeah, once yeah. you get this thing up and running, I'm on. I'm on board. Okay. Yeah, I look forward to that. I'm going to definitely get into it. So this is nice, nice motivation for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, Rodney, thank really you, uh, Preston. It. Thank you, Clay. Appreciate yeah, your appreciate time. it, Rodney. Freelance to Founder is a production of Milo. You can discover more business building resources for freelancers at millo.co. And you can learn more about Clay's business and level up your entrepreneurial skills by visiting getdripify.com. Freelance to Founder is distributed by The Podglomerate. You can check out their other great podcast at thepodglomerate.com. And the theme music was produced by Joaquim Karud. You can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. We'd love to have you join us on an upcoming episode. To learn more, visit freelancetofounder.com. That's all for this week's episode. Until next time, keep up the hard work and we'll see you soon. See ya.